Welcome to that Brunch Life podcast for people with good taste and time to waste. This show is a bit of a mixed bag. We're going to talk about food, life, and whatever is interesting in the moment. I'm your host, Courtney Hodgkinson. Great. So what are you talking about? I think we were looking up ads um, online for advice and we were going to give people the advice. Very excellent advice or maybe alternative advice. Well, I found a website here. It has some interesting topics we can discuss. Mm. It's called erincar.com. Is it E-R-I-N or A-A-R-O-N? E-R. So it's a woman. Oh, okay. Two R's in car or? K-H-A-R. Oh, wow. Didn't expect that one. She made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Ask Aaron is a weekly advice column in which Aaron a- answers your burning questions about anything at all. Hot damn, Aaron might have made a lot of mistakes. Well, according to this, she did. So you don't have to. Like I'm impressed. Aaron died first. I'm not worthy. She she made mistakes so we could have the advice. If you have a question for me, you can connect with me here. There's a link. All right, this is an advice website. I found some interesting topics, so um, I have not pre-read anything, but I think these might be interesting. So the first one is ask, from Ask Aaron, my boyfriend moved in, and now I feel like his mom. So let's see what it says. I let my boyfriend of almost two years move in due to him getting kicked out of his brother's place. Now that's the red flag. I wasn't sure of the idea, but the thought of paying half of everything seemed nice while trying to rebuild our relationship. Oh, no. Oh, right. You've already settled enough. It's like, get a zero, get yourself a hero, right? And also, like, this is sucky. And so maybe we can work it out while he's paying half the rent. It's been about a month, and I feel like his mom, and I don't trust him. He lies about dumb things like who was dropping him off at work or picking him up. Oh, there! Oh my gosh, this oh, sounds like people I know. Don't know who you are, my dear, but he's not worth it. I don't know much. Drop that zero. No, I don't love you. Right? I mean, well, I thought I need you. You sing the anti-romantic version of that song, but honestly, you know. You might be in love with some absolute zero boo. Well, he might get better. Let's see. So he has someone pick him up and drop him off from work. And, and then he lies about it. Who it is. I pay for all the groceries and pick up the house and do our laundry, etc. Uh, I want things to work, but I'm tired of the lies and the feeling like this. What should I do? Wow. We've already said it, right? Yeah. Maury, Maury. The lie detector test says he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, everything I learned is based on uh, Maury Povich, so Jerry Springer. Yeah. Okay, so seriously, just just move on. Really? Uh, how do you salvage that? I mean, he's got to put on his big boy pants and go back to where he came from or find somewhere else to lay on the couch. Yeah. All right, that covers that question. That was pretty easy. We're rocking it. Right? All right, so next on Ask Aaron, 
Let's stick with relationships since we're already there. I feel like we'll stick with that. All right. For now. Great. Ask your is my relationship salvageable? No. We, well, mm-hmm. I want to see, I want to try to make one work. Can we try? I feel like our advice should mend a broken relationship. That last one we couldn't. We feel like we would have mended her to a cancer and that's not what we want to do. No, but that was loser. Let's read. We don't even read. You haven't even okay. read. All right. I haven't even read. You're right. Gotta be better than last I hope so. Hey, Aaron, am I kidding myself? So I've been with my current boyfriend for three years now. We've gotten along great, but there have been some pretty major bumps along the way. He had addiction problems. He was also disloyal once a couple of years ago with another woman. And I ended up finding out when he was in rehab. I've been to support through rehab twice. Oh, no. Okay, like you said... <laughs> Do we need to go on? I don't know. I feel like this is where the gong show, they ring the gong and like you're shuffled off stage. So, um, What are we trying to I here? I am not saying that um, that relationship is unsolvable, but we're going to move on. You know what? The two of us are not qualified. I really this. quit at the wrong time. I should have kept reading. Oh, Because there's okay. more to oh, this story. He should have. So I've been in his support through rehab twice. All right. Now that's where I stopped thinking, you know, maybe this isn't something you yeah. keep trying to fix. Yeah. But, but then he says, we both have mental health issues. So it's not just him. Maybe she has her little basket of quirks that isn't so manageable. Well, let's see. It says, we both have mental health issues that we've helped each other through. However, last week, he went kind of AWOL. He says he needs space. Stop saying he loved me, ran out on me, and stay out to 1 a.m. without explanation, less frequent texts, etc. So he finally came clean yesterday morning, and he says he's questioning his sexuality. He said he's still in love with me, and he's still attracted to me, but sometimes is attracted to men. I know how hard it was to open up about it and how scary it was for him to do that. So proud of him for doing it anyway. And of course, I'm supportive and want him to figure out who he is. You see, I'm a true believer that sexuality is a spectrum and fluid. But I'm also a believer that life is about love in the end. And that's the ultimate goal, no matter who it is. That we found each other is, found love is such a special thing. And I'm not trying to be naive or ignorant. And in the end, his happiness means the world. So he's broken up with me at this point. He says he doesn't know what he wants or even if he wants to explore this side of himself, but wants to figure out what to tell his parents and stuff. He still says he's attracted to me and ultimately wants me in his life. He says he still wants a future, but we're still broken up. His mental illness is bipolar, and I know he's at a point heading into a manic state. I know there are so many factors at play here, and I'm not sure if you can help me at all, but it I'm not really sure what to do or if I can salvage this relationship. I treasure our love and everything was good until a week ago. I feel whiplashed. I feel like he's lying about his attraction to avoid hurting my feelings. I truly want to be with him, help him through this, and be supportive. I know this is hard for him, but as much as I love him, I need to be there for myself too. And being there for him may not be the healthiest thing for that. Where do I go from here? What should I even try to be his friend for now or just cut it off and work on myself? Am I kidding myself into thinking it's salvageable or is my relationship DOA? Your advice. Wow. So 
I am not this Aaron person. I am Courtney Hodgkinson, the weird brunch person. And, you know, honestly, from that, I can gather that you guys are broken up. Fact. Okay. He says he's attracted maybe to other people. Fact. Right. I have come to believe that mostly men are not mysterious and they're just going to state facts. Mm -hmm. So my advice may not be great, but what I would say to you, human being whose name I don't remember because I don't know if that was in. Okay. Everything's anonymous. Everything's anonymous. Okay. And you said your name. Yes, I said my name. My goodness. He's like Aaron Carr. That's that's not anonymous. Now we're best friends. Aaron Carr <laughs> and I, we're going to play hopscotch. We're going to send each other links. It's going to be weird. <laughs> anyway, anonymous human. I have to tell you as another human being, this person seems like they have other things And you can be there to support them. It doesn't mean that you don't have to love them and don't have to support them. But you are not in a relationship, my dear. You have broken up. Have all of this and all of their drama. You can support a person without having to be involved. Well, I don't know if that's true. After all they've been through, I don't think that's true at all. I think it's It's very true. It's like compartmentalizing and being like, oh, well, I'm just going to support this person. They need to be hands off completely free of them and moving on and not trying to be there otherwise you're still in this like gray area and uh it's not healthy so i disagree okay that she should even be trying i think she should move on and support herself what i was saying is that you don't have to be involved you are concerned with yourself right now and it sounds very selfish but my goodness this is the only life that you get I'm not being selfish. I'm trying to salvage this relationship. And can she? I don't think it's about. It sounds like no. So. So what she means to say is ditch the zero, get yourself a hero. I said you're a hero. Paraphrasing. Yeah. No, that's not what you said at all. (laughs) No. What I'm saying is. Maury. (laughs) You are a hero because. This is your hero's journey, your heroine's journey. You are the star of your own movie. I don't even remember how they say it in Italian. That's basically how they sum it up. You are the star of your tavola amanjare. That is not at all what I was saying. I was Italian. in Italian. Yeah. Give me something. I think that's true for everyone. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. You can be supportive of some other person. You can get in there. You gotta get it. You gotta dip this. Yeah. You gotta get it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know what? Adrian. <laughs> wow. I married this man, people. It's very motivational. He also makes get a lot about that. Right. Whatever. You just solved her relationship. Good work. A plus. Next. Wow. You okay. one? Sure. All right. Uh, yes. I love hosting Let's family. Hope. Yeah, we just solved that. Sure. 
we solve the problem. I feel like you're very concise. And, uh, you know, we can wax poetic about a lot of things. But, you know, we got a lot of problems to solve. I ask Aaron, ask Aaron, I love hosting family gatherings, but I'm tired of doing all the work. Hi, Aaron. My husband and I have a blended family, each with three grown children and 11 grandchildren who luckily live within two miles of it, of us. We love to celebrate holidays together, and so we have hosted numerous family dinners on Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, birthdays, etc. While we like to entertain each family, separate and or together, we are in our 70s, and doing this gets costly and extremely time-consuming. Case in point, we host an annual Easter picnic, an Easter egg hunt for everyone. We rent a large shelter, fill hundreds of eggs with candy slash coins, and prepare a huge dinner. We decorate, transport all food, beverages, etc. to shelter. We invite everyone at least 30 days in advance. Our frustration is that only one family will ask to bring a dish to help. Everyone else just shows up empty-handed for the picnic. This is for every get-together. There's an occasional call the day before the day of the event to ask if they can bring something. Of course, all groceries are bought by the day before, and almost everything is well on its way to being prepared. These last-minute offers don't take any burden off us at all. We can't wait until the last day in hopes of someone can bring the potato salad. Also, there are no thank yous. How do we tell them in a nice way that they're old enough to lend a hand in a timely manner? Thanks. Hmm, this seems like a subject we have a little bit of uh, experience in. It sounds to me like they don't ask for anything and they don't get anything. So to me, it kind of sounds like maybe, you know, um, maybe slightly change the format or maybe people think that, no, aunt and uncle are going to provide and we're okay with that. So tell them, communicate. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's good advice. How are the sister know? A lot of situations people should offer. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think so really, but like, I don't know. I guess if they're used to saying like, oh yeah, we're going to just do this holiday at these people's house. Maybe they think that it's provided and they don't have to offer we could do a nice way, like, hey, I love that potato salad you make. Could you think you could bring that? I would love that. And just, you know, be complimentary and people will be like, oh, they want me to make my potato salad. Yeah, Julie's so much nice. You shouldn't have to ask. <laughs> you shouldn't have to ask people to do things. They should offer. They should ask if they can. Yeah. I know over years. Um, Julie and I are of different mindsets on this very subject. So I think that's very interesting where I feel as though... If you are having a certain type of gathering and people say, hey, should I bring something? You tell them, yeah, bring this, bring that. If it's a potluck, that's a certain type. Well, especially potlucks. But, you know, it's like I'm having a barbecue and someone says, hey, should I bring anything? And you say, yeah, all right, bring X thing. People like to contribute. Okay. I can see that. All right. So, yeah, communicate. That's important. You with family members. Maybe a little tricky, but, you know, do with love. All right. So here's another one. Hi, Aaron. I'm in love with a man at work who does not know I adore him. 
Finally, after working closely together for a couple of years, I started to develop crush on him. At first, it seemed like a silly crush, but now I know I'm in love with him. We have so much in common, and he makes me laugh. Nothing has happened between us or anything. We just act normal and work together, but I see small, subtle signs he may love me too. My dilemma is that I didn't know he had a fiancé until recently. Came up in conversation. I assumed he was single like me. Since then, I've been careful not to flirt or be around him too often out of respect for his fiancé. Now I'm changing jobs by being transferred to work at another school. He says he's going to miss me. Should I tell him I love him? Even though there's a big possibility we will never see each other again. It's killing me inside how much I love him, but I feel like I have to take it to my grave. It's not fair. Any advice for her? Wow, I didn't expect that. But, wow. Um, First of all, because you are moving to a different environment, you're, you might not get the chance again. And you have to either be okay with that or you have to take it. Take what? Take the opportunity to say that you love him. So. thing You should definitely take the opportunity and you should definitely communicate. Like the last question, communicate, communicate. Because maybe it's unreciprocated feelings and it hurts. Well, I think people, I think she knows it's unreciprocated. He has a fiance and she thinks she, he loves her. What? They haven't even talked about it. Nothing's, what? No, you're living in fantasy land, you know? <laughs> That's the reality. And people create a fantasy because they're comfortable with it. They think, oh, this person's safe because I know they don't like me. So I'm going to fall in love with this person that I know is safe because they know it's safe because they know the other person won't reciprocate because they don't have to actually be vulnerable. And so that's what it's about. You know, it's, it's like, you know, this whole thing is silly to me. I'm saying that someone might need to do some introspective work on, on uh, why they are attracted to people when it's not reciprocated or there is actually nothing there. I mean, what she says that the guy says, uh, does things to, and sees, she sees small, subtle signs that he may love me too. Well, that's really vague. And I don't, you know, that's ridiculous. Well, honey. Come on. All I can think is. I feel like honesty is kind. What I want to say. Trigger coat things. Okay. You know how I roll. A little rough around the edges. Sorry. I, he's a very sweet, wonderful lamb, by the way. Just crack my knuckles. All right. I am sweet and wonderful. Yeah, let's get back to that. <laughs> I think you better ask Aaron. <laughs> right. So anyway, shut up. Honestly, you know, the whole thing is about loving yourself. And I know people say that a lot. You know, it's so true. Is get dishes, you know? Get yourself a hero. Maury, Maury. That's what she means. I'm pretty sure I'm paraphrasing. I think it works. I feel like it falls. It just works for everything. It just does. I don't know why, but it does. It's the perfect advice. Okay. Well, anyway, I started scrolling down. Guess what she said? A little snippet. She has to be shaken into reality. She says, it's very easy to confuse infatuation with love when the relationship remains in the fantasy world. Fantasy. That's what I said. Just living in fantasy land. Do you think we kind of wrapped up that subject? Can we move on? I said, Maury. Love yourself. And I know that a lot of people say that. 
look, the, you only get this one chance at this one life that you are currently living. And I'm not saying that you're a loser if you didn't do blah, 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 blah. It's all made up. All of it. 100%. Somebody made that up. They made up timelines. They made up the goals. All of it is made up. Okay? So you get to do you. You get to live your life. Okay? You do you, boo-boo. Boo-boo, dude. I love you. I love you so much. Next question solved it. Hi, Aaron. I'm dreading Thanksgiving. I really have no excuses not to go as my family lives an hour away by car. However, I do not want to see my grandparents who will be there. I guess the real problem is with my parents and my sisters, specifically my mother and my sisters. My dad stays out of all the drama. Basically, every family gathering involves diet talk between my mothers and sisters. My mom has been on a diet for as long as I can remember. She is petite and, from where I sit, does not need to ever be on a diet. My older sister, in my opinion, has an eating disorder, or at least disordered eating. My little sister is fat, and that's how she describes herself, and seems to be happy with her body, but this totally fucked up dynamic happens when my mom and older sister inevitably stage an intervention on my younger sister about her weight. As the middle sister, I feel like I'm always put in the position of peacekeeper, running interference for my little sister and then arguing with my mom and older sister. Oh, also, my mom and older sister will always comment on my weight in some way, too. They tell me, you look great. Did you lose weight? Or if I look bigger, my mom will pull me aside and say things like, maybe watch the appetizers the next few weeks. WTF, I just want to eat and leave. I don't know exactly what my question is. Do you have any suggestions on how to handle this so I make it out of Thanksgiving without murdering my family? I'm totally kidding, but you get the sentiment. Can I just not go? I mean, I, I have to go, but how do I go and not feel like I want to pull my hair out the whole time? I do love them all so much, but I am just so sick of it. First of all, I love the way you read that, Joey. <laughs> You read it with such emotion of family stuff, and I really appreciate. I'm trying that. to put myself in their shoes as yeah, as I'm. As, I I really appreciate that. I just want to take a second okay. to appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my first thought is you don't have to involve yourself at all. Like, um, I know it's a family fair. I know it's holiday stuff. You don't have to. First of all. But if you want to, you don't have to fill that role. Um, you know, even though it seems as though people have a role set for you, you don't have to do it. Love yourself, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, you are the peacekeeper. You are the et cetera. You don't have to do it. You don't have to conform to whoever's expectations. Jameson, that's my advice. Um, okay. Sorry. Mr. Hodgkinson's advice is... I feel like it'll loosen things up, get the honesty flowing. Even sober, uh, you could just say, you know, I'm, I'm just not interested in being peacekeeper. I'm not interested in being referee. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to be involved in this. I've had people gossiping to me 
about certain coworkers, which I realize is not a family situation. I'm just trying to come up with an example, but wah, 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 so-and-so, and this is what's happening in their life. You know what? I don't want to be involved in that. And I don't have to be. I don't want to be gossiped about, and I don't want to be gossiped to. Really? Yeah. I like gossip. You don't want to be gossiped to? Well, I want to just hear on everyone's life. Those people who gossip to you will gossip about you. Sure. That doesn't mean I want the gossip. Right. Especially if they're dishing dirt on their own life. Well, I don't know. That's just a freebie. That's playing on the house money right there. Well, if someone is talking about themselves, then I'm not going to turn a blind ear. I'm going to be a friend. It's not about that. It's about when they're talking about other people who are not there. And I feel like you can just say, look, I don't want to be involved in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Just eat and run. <laughs> That's not what you were saying. But, you know, you kind of if you're going to say that, you kind of just got to, you know, unless they're receptive, it might be receptive and that might change the dynamic. And that might be a step towards a more positive, healthy family dynamic, positive, healthy family visits. We got our little girl crying. We'll be back. All right. So, you ready for the next one? <laughs> Dear Courtney, I'm in a horrible situation, and I don't know what at WTF I'm going to do. That's what it says, WTF. All right. Uh, um, I'm in a horrible situation. My best friend of many years works with my brother-in-law. They work long hours and have been out of town for a project. I started to get some suspicions that maybe something was going on between them, but then I was being paranoid or just imagining it. They returned from being on location for two weeks, and I had dinner with my friend, and things she said about the work trip didn't make sense. So I had those red flags go up any time his name came up. I don't know why exactly prompted me, but I just asked her, did something happen between you and X? We can just call him X. She turned bright red. She didn't even have to say anything. Then I asked her, what happened? She told me that they slept together, not once, not twice, but three times. I felt sick. She's my ride or die, but that's my sister she's fucking over. Now, what do I do? Do I tell my sister? Do I tell my brother-in-law I know? Do I end a 25-year friendship? I don't know what to do. Yeah, this is a little more thorny. Yeah. You're on the mix. Now, I feel like similar. Now, I've never had this situation, but I feel like I, I relate that I'm always in the middle of other people's things. That's true enough. Let's, and everyone let's has these relationships this. where we get in the middle of things. I think you are the more expertise person for this. Expertise? Expertise. You talking about bathing suits? Um, well, I don't know. I don't have advice for anyone. You know, my advice in general is to uh, just love everyone and not be casting judgment. So she should try to not cast judgment. But how does she not say anything to her sister? She, To me, you'd have to say something to your sister. It doesn't mean you end the friendship. You kind of can follow the sister's lead. I mean, I don't know. That's... That's tough. I mean, I, I just can't imagine being, you have to tell your sister. You have to, no matter what the outcome. You don't want to end the marriage. You don't want to ruin things for anyone. But 
how do you, you can't also not say something, so you have to say something. Yeah, it, it's so complicated. Um, well, I don't know how you can be friends with someone, even if it's a 25-year friendship. Oh my gosh, how do you end that? But it's your sister. So when you have to choose between the two, sister always should be friend unless you don't really have a good relationship with the sister, in which case that's odd that you would choose a friend that would cheat on your sister with your sister's husband over your sister. So again, you kind of fall back on sister. I think you're, you're falling back on sister. Otherwise, you're a bad person for ditching your sister. Okay. Yeah. Unless that sister was awful, which she's not saying that. She's not saying that at all. It's not what she's just giving us no information about the sister and the relationship. Right. So we we would ha- only be led to assume that the sister is a decent human. So you have to tell the sister you know what's going on uh, and let the, the chips fall as they may. Uh, after that, I think that's all you need to do. You just You just knock over the first domino and... There's not much else you they need to do. As they may. You don't need to tell anyone else anything because that'll be enough. Right? Yeah. Yes. Don't envy that. All right. So, was it up? what's this one? Nine months ago, I found out my partner was cheating on me. Woof. I decided to forgive him and try to move on because I'd put too much time into the relationship to just throw everything down the drain. Oh. Oh. No. What do they call that? What's the term for that when you uh, invested too much? And the, it's like something about cutting like or cutting. False investment. False. It is false something. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean. I'm forgetting the term. So I found it. It's called the sunk co- sunken cost fallacy or sunk cost fallacy. Because that's what she says. She's invested too much in this already. If you're a poker player, you know, you've invested too much in the hand. Now you can't pull out. Well, even though you know you should pull out because you know you kind of at this point have a losing hand. You could have so much money in the pot, I have to see it through, where you really honestly shouldn't. You should walk away. So that's what she's saying. I can appreciate that. I think that people do that a lot of times with um, real goods. You buy an item, and it is devalued very quickly, unfortunately. (laughs) So, in the end, dish to zero, get yourself a hero. Communicate. That's our advice. Our other advice is do all those things that you have been talking about wanting to do. You do you, boo-boo. You do you. Exactly. (laughs) That brunch life. Thank you for listening to That Brunch Life podcast. You can listen and subscribe to episodes wherever you like to find your podcasts. I'm your host, editor, and producer, Courtney Hodgkinson. A special thanks to my guest and sometimes co-host, Joseph Hodgkinson. Our music is Eternal Love by Chris Kipofsky, as found on Free Music Archive. We'll see you again next time.